Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Colby Peterson, and with me on this special interview edition, I've got Sean Lewis. How do you, everybody? Uh, it's been a few weeks of we, since we've chatted with the Wildcat fans about Wildcat sports as things are kind of wind, winding down now. Students are graduating. We're moving into the summer now and kind of the offseason for athletics up on campus. So we thought it'd be an awesome time to finally get with sports information director up at Weber State, the one and only Paul Grua. We're going to chat with Paul today a little bit about what he's been doing over the last, uh, I don't know, year, but he's been doing it for a lot longer than that. And so we'll give him a proper introduction. But Paul Grua, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Well, thanks, Colby and Sean. I'm honored to be with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I love talking Weber State athletics anytime we get a chance and uh, appreciate the great work you guys are doing. Yeah, we appreciate you. And for the folks who don't know, kind of a little bit behind the scenes of Weber State Weekly here, Paul is the one that organizes many of the the interviews and the conversations we have with student athletes. So anytime we want to chat with a student athlete, we have to go chat with Paul. Say, Paul, is this a student available? And Paul makes that happen for us. So I want to thank Paul right out of the gate for making all of this great content possible throughout the entire year, uh, organizing with the student athletes and getting them here on the show to chat with us about what's up and uh, helping Wildcat fans to get to know them a little bit. So Paul, thanks so much. Well, thank you. And thanks for the the things that you do to, to talk to those athletes, coaches and others and uh, the exposure, the publicity that you've given to Weber State this last year has been great. And I know they, uh, they appreciate it. So thank you and keep it up. Loud, proud Wildcats, like we always say here. So, Paul, let's start with you, man. I mean, loud, proud Wildcat yourself graduated in 2002 with a bachelor's degree in communication right from Weber State, from the Lindquist College, and then started working up at, up at athletics. So talk to us a little bit about that, man. I mean, you you had done some internship work, had formerly worked at KWCR. Shout out to the, to the radio station down on campus. Love those guys. But uh, talk to us a little bit about those student days and kind of that transition yeah. to full-time work in athletics. Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty Weber guy and a pretty Ogden guy. I don't get out very much. I always say, you know, I, I stay there and I, but I really have been really lucky. It's, I know it's really unique to be able to work at the place that not only you grew up in, but the, the alma mater, the university that you went to and then have a job there. I, I realize that's pretty unique. So I'm very, very lucky. And I've been uh, lucky along the way. Um, but I always, always had an interest in sports, love sports growing up. I wasn't very good. I wasn't very big or very athletic. Uh, so I knew I didn't probably have a, a path that way, but I love sports, loved the jazz growing up and, and, you know, and, and Weber state, I, I remember going to Weber state basketball games in the late eighties when I was probably about 10 or so and Rico Washington days and, you know, early in the nineties and the Jimmy DeGraff and reading those days. And I always loved going to those games. My grandpa would take me to those games and, and I thought it was the coolest thing. I, um, as I came into college, I, I wanted to be be interested in, in sports as well, communication or broadcasting or something like that. And to be honest, I didn't really know that much about the, the PR side of things or the whatever you want to call it, communication side. I mean, I, obviously it existed, but I didn't I wasn't that much aware about it. But as I started to go through college and like you said, I did games through the radio station and and did some things. I realized that there was a department like that on, on campus. And, and that helped with the, uh, the communication part. Brad Larson, uh, was the longtime, uh, sports information director for 33 years that, uh, that I knew there. And so I finally started realizing that I thought that's kind of an interesting job, you know, that would be kind of cool. You're still around sports. And so after I graduated though, I, you know, I did a couple of internships, like you said, and tried to find some jobs, but I didn't necessarily really want to move at the time, at least, or move out of state, you know, and, 
uh, I was able to get through some work that I did at Weber actually, uh, um, uh, work with the Big Sky Conference, which was in Ogden, at least it was at the time. But so I did an internship in the communication information side there, and and then there was an opening at Weber State. I kind of started part time, and it led to another thing. So I really got lucky. There's no doubt about it. I was I was lucky to to have that path along the way, and uh, through some great people that I've worked with and for, and and it's hard to believe it's been 17 years that I've been working, uh, you know, full time in athletics, and uh, it's been a great ride. And I I love Weber State. There's no doubt about that. Paul, are you the uh, quite yet the longest tenured athletics employee? No, not quite, but it's it's probably getting it's close, be close I mean, right? Mm. But by the time I've been here, we've been through my first several years. We had several ads. You know, things changed a lot. I think I've been through six ads now, and a whole bunch of different coaches. Obviously, you know, Joel Bass has been there about thirty years or so mm-hmm. as the head athletic trainer, and he's he's the longest mm-hmm. one there. Uh, Summer Willis, our cheerleading mm. uh, coach, has been there a long time. Darren Hogue, that works with me, kind of came about the same time, a little before me. But you're you're probably about, about right. Uh, I don't think any head coaches are still there. Tim Crompton was actually there before as a head coach before I started. But so it's pretty close, though. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a short list. And, and six been, ADs. Been through a, a lot of changes. Six ADs, a whole bunch of football coaches and basketball coaches and uh, well, yeah, and I just your that, tenure, you, you, you've seen a lot of, uh, uh, should we say the, the rise of wildcat athletics, because mm-hmm. when you started, I, there probably wasn't a whole lot to be proud about other than men's basketball. I mean, yeah. I, 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 when I started paying attention to the wildcats in, in the late nineties, um, that's, that's basically it. And we'd go to football games as students and, and the, the crowds were sparse to say the least. And, and uh, so you, to be able to see the change, what's the, what's the biggest uh, improvement that you've seen or the biggest difference between when you started with the athletic department and today? Yeah. Good question. I, you know, as a student, I graduated in 02 and, and was involved, but not working for athletics. I started working in 04. Uh, I would say that the facilities have changed dramatically. All the facilities have been upgraded. You know, the D center is, is obviously still yeah. been there, but you think of the upgrades that are there, the video boards and, and the, you know, those kind of things are, are much improved. Sure. And then obviously the, the sky suites was just started when I was there, but that's, that's fairly new. The, the new football building volleyball's changed. Uh, but if you think about it, every sport has had an upgrade, the track locker room, the soccer facility has been, imp- everything's been improved in that time. Um, the, yeah, the facilities has been a big thing. And, and but you, yeah, you kind of alluded to the, the football success is, is dramatic and remarkable of what's happened the last, you know, especially 40 years uh, and, and what coach Hill has done to turn that around. I mean, there were certainly some, some signs and some years, uh, you know, coach Grable had had a year or two that was, that stood out. Obviously Mac had some, a couple of good years, but, but obviously sure. what Jay's done the last few years have been really, really a lot of fun. You know, and, and talking about facilities, um, I all credit to the athletics department. Um, by all accounts, Weber State is the class of the big sky when it comes to facilities. Uh, nobody has better facilities. You hear it from the conference officials. They love having the conference tournaments and such here, conference events here because of, of the world-class facilities that, that Weber has. And and just talking, just, just that football facility and the fact that we have an indoor practice facility for football, who knew that the Montana schools didn't have that? And that was one of the main reasons they didn't play this spring, right? You yeah. would have thought of all the schools that had an indoor facility, surely Montana and Montana State had one. And the fact that Weber got one first, that, that just blew me away. Oh, you're totally right. And yeah, in the last even 10, but probably if you go back 15, 20 years, 
dramatic changes. The, the, uh, the sky suites, the press box, the old press box, you know, it's just dramatically different. And I agree with you that we really do across the board have, have such great facilities and probably the best in the league. And the new football building is, is just right there at the top. You know, we had a couple people that were in from different schools and from the conference when we hosted the track championships, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I gave them the opportunity to, to go over there and show them. And they were just kind of blown away, even though they've seen pictures and stuff, but it's, it's really a quality facility and we're very lucky there. And, uh, it, it, sometimes you have to stop, stop and think that, yeah, how far we really have come, uh, the video boards I mentioned to at, at the stadium and just things like that, that have really, really improved the fan experience and the student athlete experience. And we're very lucky for what we have. And and you're not done because anybody that's no. paying real close attention has read the campus master plan and sees plans for upgrades for track, uh, a specialized track and field facility uh, on the south end of campus uh, over by uni- where University Village is, um, uh, south of the D and and upgraded facilities for a lot of the sports. So we're, we're not done with facilities at, at Weber State. No doubt. And who knows how long some of those will take. Some of those could be a while, but I know, you know, there will be some things in the, the especially the East stands at the stadium over the next probably few years that, that will be upgraded. And, you know, the field is probably getting close to being time for a new one, but 10 years ago we had a grass field and, and it had some struggles, especially late in the year, you know, in November and stuff, but so really it's, it's been great. And you, you mentioned the field house too. That's another one that did, didn't even exist, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, it's used by not just football, but softball and soccer and golf and those sports use that a lot too. Yeah, definitely mileage out of that facility. And and like Sean noted, you know, with the announcement in the spring or in the summer last year that there would not be a fall season and that many of the schools that we anticipated to be playing in the spring to not play marquee schools in the Big Sky Conference like Montana and Montana State, eyebrows were raised on the, on the Weber State Weekly team to learn that, in fact, no, there were not indoor practice facilities at those places, yeah. you know, in spite of national championships and the, you know, and the reputation that they had up in their neck of the woods. So uh, from what we understand, Montana State will be having one of those facilities very, very soon. Uh, they're, they're on the cusp of opening that, but uh, just surprising that such a thing didn't happen. But like you noted, Sean, and, and Paul, we've got it here in Ogden. And uh, what a nice thing to have and uh, for the student athletes and for the continued success of Wildcat Athletics. Well, two credits to there. And Paul, I, I'm, I don't mean to speak for the athletics department at all, but I think community support, uh, the donations that come in, a lot of these uh, buildings are privately financed um, through donations. And, and just the commitment of the athletics department to upgrade athletics, to be on par. I mean, I would say our the Weber State facilities are on par with a uh, with a low level Mountain West team. There are some Mountain West schools that don't have the the quality facilities that Weber State has, and that just helps our athletes be the class of the Big Sky across the board. Yeah, you're right, and you know, obviously, it comes down to resources, and so I can't speak about what other schools have or don't have, and you know, obviously, the weather is a huge factor up there, especially in Montana, and. And so it's something I'm sure that's on their, their list to do. And, and they, they still have some nice facilities, but we really are lucky. And it's credit to the university. It starts obviously the top of the university administration, but the, um, the fundraising, like you said, and the community support the sponsors uh, have made a huge difference. Made it all possible. 
Paul, let's let's get back to you, man. And let's let's talk a little bit about you. And uh, let's talk about your journey in the past year, because it has been absolutely a wild one. So uh, we start let's let's start out with uh, summer 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. Everybody's still trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a hope. There's a glimmer of hope that there might be college football to be played in the fall. Unfortunately, the very beginning of August conference announces no in fact there would not be college football that this would be pushed to the spring along with other sports like volleyball that would normally be played in the fall talk to us a little bit about your mentality and and that time in college athletics especially up at weber state yeah it was so unique and you know every week you're thinking okay well let's this is going to come in this week we're going to have this and then they'll then they'll decide this and they'll decide this and it just was, it was so unique. I wasn't a part of it very much, but you know, Tim Crompton's our AD was on calls with the big sky, probably on zoom calls, probably almost daily, but if not more than that, even where the conference would talk so many times. And but a lot of things just take a lot of time to decide. And plus they're waiting to see what other conferences do and what there are just so many factors that played into it. And as it started getting along, I think we started realizing, yeah, we're probably not going to play in the fall, you know, and that came out, uh, what was early August, I believe, right, right before the start of what would have been training camp. I think they were holding out hope for it and trying to give the some hope that would happen, but there also were factors of other States involved, you know, especially in our conference, you saw some States on the West coast that, weren't allowed to even do contract drills, you know, they couldn't even tackle, you know? And so it's like, well, it's going to be hard to, to practice, you know? And so I think we started realizing it's probably not going to happen. Now, at the same time, you saw that the F, FBS schools played. And so we got a lot of questions of, well, how come they are? And we, we're not and so forth, but, but they decided to put it to the spring and, you know, I'll be honest guys, I probably last fall, I didn't think that we'd actually even play football, you know, even in the spring. I think a lot of people probably thought that, Yeah. but you know, it's, it's a good hope and maybe we'll get there, but I didn't really think it would happen, but it did. And, and we're, and we're lucky that it did. As it got a little closer, we thought we might be able to actually pull this off. It was really fun to start the basketball season in November because we hadn't had an athletic event in a year almost. Well, I shouldn't say that since March, we hadn't had it since March, November to March. You know, we hadn't had anything and, and that was so unique. And so it was fun to start playing basketball. We couldn't have fans, unfortunately, and it was still very different, but we were at least playing. There were testing going on and games getting canceled all over the place, but we at least were able to play. And that gave us a little bit of hope. And even though things right there in November, December were really pretty rough in the, in the community and, and the country with, with the virus, at least we kept going and kept playing. And it gave us a little bit of hope that we could get there uh, come the spring. And so once January hit, late January, we started football practice. And kind of at that point, we thought, I, I think this is going to actually happen. Even though a lot of teams were dropping out, um, we thought it was going to happen. But then, as you said, you know, January volleyball start, it just all happened at the same time. And so this spring, we had 16 sports going at once for a little while. So yeah. it was pretty, pretty crazy. So, Paul, when... Once basketball season started to get going, uh, you know, you guys had had the opportunity to kind of work through some of the protocols that the conference and, and others in the NCAA had talked about. Like you mentioned, testing, uh, you know, the, the the way that travel was being done, which was very, very strange. We noted that a few times on the show throughout the year. Were you all, were you all able to kind of get kind of maybe like a rhythm or a template as you worked through those first couple of months with just basketball going on that you were like, okay, it kind of 
get a system here going like talk to us. Were we kind of get able to get your feet under yourselves so that when the spring came and then everything's running, you, you kind of had a system. Talk to us a little bit about the learning curve. Yeah, there. we were for, a, I think to a degree. Yes. It, it kind of felt, okay, we're normal. At least we're able to have games. We can't have fans. That's not normal, but at least we could play. But it seemed like the rules kept changing. You know, you have to test this many people and the quarantine rules change. Well, it has to be 10 days and 14 days and seven days. And that stuff, not just for us and for, it was just everybody, but you know, okay, well testing though. So you were with this person for two days, you know, all that stuff. It just, Mm. it just constantly kept changing. And so you think you have a plan in place. Well, they have to be tested three times a week. Oh, now they have to be tested every day. And then, you know, then you don't test these people, but you can't be near all that kind of stuff that we dealt with. It's tier one and tier two. And, and so it, it was a little bit confusing just because it kept changing so many times to get through it. Uh, each sport is so different. And, you know, we had, we had a stretch there in basketball when so many games were being canceled. And that was a hard thing because you just like the Utah state game, for example, you know, mm-hmm. two days before that's going to happen and it gets canceled. And then they're scrambling to add other games and, we lost conference games. You try to reschedule, but you can't reschedule, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know that we really got into a routine because the, the rules, the, the tracing, all those things just kept continually evolving and, and changing as things went along. Yeah, Paul. So you make a good point about the fact that games were getting canceled. You know, the Utah state game, which was really a bummer. We had a great interview set up for that one. We had talked to the beat writer up in, uh, up in Logan about that. We were all ready to go. Uh, we released the episode. It was like, ah, oh, just kidding. We're not going to get our shot at the Aggies this year, which was a huge bummer because we were, you know, we were excited about the team that was on the floor. And then of course, like you noted, uh, the Idaho state series ended up getting canceled. So those, those two games, we ended up losing the Eastern Washington series, which Washington, ended up yeah. actually being uh, an interesting, uh, what might've been kind of moment later when the conference tournament began, because everybody kind of favored the Wildcats and Eastern Washington and SU kind of the top three teams in the conference. But Wildcats and, and the Eagles hadn't played. So what would that look like? Gosh, we don't know. Uh, just tough. Yeah, that was true too. I mean, you get down the wire, like, well, what, how do we figure out the standings? You know, we haven't played these guys and they, we're not playing the equal number of games and you're, you go up percentage and all that was so different. We we've never experienced it where you're, we had a game schedule at Utah state on a Saturday We or, on Saturday, cancel it. And we have a game the next day in Boise, you know, so we're yeah. adding games three days before. And so it was just so unique, I think for everybody to deal with, okay, we're not going to play this game, but we're going to go play these guys. And uh, then we had a week and a half without a game and it was just, just so unique. And um, so many questions that, you know, I, I give credit to the big sky conference because a lot of things were thrown at them. They had to kind of make those decisions across the board and not every, not every AD, not every president, not every coach, of course, agrees with each other, but they did a great job in trying to at least get as much information out as they could. And, it was just a unique time for everybody, but really we pulled through it and we kept going. And I'm so glad that we did. I'm so glad that all of our teams just kept going and finding a way to compete. And I think that was a focus for, for Tim and, and the rest of our athletic department was really, let's just find an opportunity for these student athletes to compete as best we can, you know, and give them at least an opportunity to compete, whether it's, it's going to be a different year than it is, but at least there's a chance for them to compete. And that's what they're here. For, and that's what we're here for is to give them a good opportunity and a good experience. 
So over the last year, Paul, what was the uh, toughest stretch of the spring? Uh, I, was it, you know, f- football being and volleyball being in, in on that? Was it hosting two conference championships at the same time with softball yeah. and track? Uh, what what was the the just busiest and most stressful uh, of the yeah. spring handling all that? That's a couple of good questions there because, yeah, there's a there were a couple there and we hosted four championships in. February, March, and April, and including the two in the same in May, I guess, and two in the same week, which is unheard of. And that was a lot. I would say probably that time right when football was starting and basketball was finishing, and they're going to the conference tournament, and then we're not sure if they're going to be home. We had a home football game, and how are we going to do that? And trying to get a bunch of backup plans in place in case we're not at one or the other. And and of course it obviously didn't go the way we wanted to for basketball, but um, that was probably, probably the busiest time I think was that little stretch in late February to early March with really almost every sport competing in some form and trying to, to keep up with it all and still making plans for, for what was coming. Yeah, Paul, because like you said, really February and March where things really started to get crazy because volleyball is playing, basketball is happening, football is starting. Uh, softball is getting going, you know, with the, with their road tournament games, track and field, you know, just tennis Soccer is happening. Soccer was going, tennis Soccer and was golf, going. everything yeah. was, which, yeah. you know, the Wildcats hosted the conference <laughs> tournament there as well. And so you yeah. had to host that one and so, cross country. Yep. So Paul, talk to us a little bit about, um, take us behind the curtain a little bit and how do you all plan all that out? Like, what does that look like? Does the whole team get together to say, okay, these are the things that need to happen. We're going to spread man hours across here. Uh, take, take us behind the curtain. How does that happen for you folks? Because it's a lot on a small staff. Yeah, it is. And you know, and that's another thing that happened that, you know, over this last year, of course, so many places were affected, but we were affected as well. And, and we, had a couple of positions that were kind of, you know, let go. And so we were a little smaller staffed and that, and that was a hard thing to go through, but, you know, I think we just all try to jump in and, and do different things. We all have kind of different roles and so forth, but a lot of it I think is planning and the conference is the ones that kind of set those, those tournaments and, and so forth. But once you know what's coming, you just do your best you can to plan and be prepared for it. And, you know, we, we get great help from the other parts of the administration, uh, game operations and so forth. They help a lot for getting things ready from, from a facility standpoint and so forth. You just prepare the best you can and then jump in and, and just get after it once it starts. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a good way to explain how it how it all happens. But especially during that time, it was really kind of just a blur where everything going so much. But um we were able to pull it off and it's due to a lot of help of a lot of people. Yeah. And, and one thing that I think that I would want to point out is that there were some days, especially Saturdays, you know, if, 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 you know, Wildcat fans listened to the show during that period of time, you would hear us just rifle through all of the events. And we were pulling those straight from the Weber state Wildcats app, which you, if you don't have it, download it because it's a great resource to not only learn about the rosters and who the, who the play the student athletes are, but also what's going on. So we're just going through and there are eight, nine, 10 events at a time. Um, and some of those, you know, six, seven of those are happening on a single Saturday. So Paul, you know, your staff is putting in, not only, you know, they've got to be there early in the morning for all this game prep, and then there's going to be a volleyball match at four that day. And so everybody's going to be in town. Everyone's going to be, you know, in the Swenson for three hours or maybe an hour and a half because these ladies were dominant. But um, long hours for you yeah. folks. So 
gosh, Definitely. talk to us yeah. a little bit about that and how you kind of meet that challenge of not having enough really hours in the day. Yeah, there's probably more to it that I think a lot of people realize, and not just in my job, but other other jobs too, obviously tied to athletics. But there's a lot of time, you know, a lot of time where you're there several hours before, especially like a football game, you're there several hours before a game and several hours after. And and there's a whole lot that goes goes in just to get ready for for a game and to pull it off. And and then obviously the post games, especially after a victory or after a, a fun Hail Mary or something like that, you know, you, you got <laughs> alone. a lot of, there you go. A lot of stuff like that. So there are a lot of hours, obviously a lot of nights and weekends. That's always been the case, but it seemed like it was a little extra here this, uh, this spring with, with the number of events, but we had a good team and, and they really stepped up and made it possible. Yeah. So, Paul, we've, we've talked a little bit about the craziness of the spring season. Now things will be returning to normal. We'll go back to our original kind of schedule in a way. You know, football will be played in the fall, volleyball. You know, we're excited to see those ladies come back. And uh, we announced, you know, on the show that uh, all of the seniors would be returning for the fall season. Um, talk to us a little bit about that eligibility side and kind of, yeah. you know, kind of juggling this weird eligibility year because the NCAA is granting folks the opportunity to come back. And so, uh, how do you all deal with that in athletics? Because it's a, uh, it's a, like you said, unique thing to this particular time. It is, you know, that would be the coaches and coaches, especially as well as like academic and compliance people would, would deal with that even more than I would. Um, it probably won't really seem real for us until we're kind of into next fall where it's like, okay, these guys were seniors last year. They're, they're juniors. They're still juniors, you know, just making sure we, we get the eligibility right. But that's something that's going to be interesting to, to see how it goes because uh, a lot of them weren't sure who's coming back. Well, we think so-and-so's back, but we're not sure. And now you get to the point where they, they think that they are. And so that's something the coaches have juggled, no doubt. We think we expect almost all, if not all football players will be back again this, this fall. And, and, you know, we, I think everybody knows about the majority of basketball players will be back. And so there's a lot of juggling that, that goes in there and, and dealing with scholarships and trying to get that all figured out as well as the compliance and academic side of it too. But for all the sports, you know, for, for everybody that gets, uh, gets that extra year back, it's, well, it'll be interesting to see maybe a year from now, what role that, or what, uh, how that, how that really impacted things. Yeah. So Paul, we've talked a lot about, you know, the spring season and the craziness, like we said, now, you know, things have kind of come to a close, the semester's over. Uh, we didn't get the result we wanted in the softball tournament, unfortunately. Uh, well, that's, you know, Mary, Coach Mary Amicone told us it was a young team and all that stuff. And so now we're looking kind of forward to to the fall. Um, maybe give, give the Wildcat fans uh, maybe a little bit of vision for what what's uh, what's coming their way. And if there's anything exciting that you wanted to talk a little bit about. You know, just getting back to a regular year is going to oh. be exciting. That's for sure. Plus, plus we had, you know, we had a great success this year and. And again, like I said, most of them are back and ready to go. Volleyball, volleyball team is going to be back this fall. That football team is going to be back. And that's, you know, two defending conference champions. And uh, the football schedule is really good this year, you know, mm. with a chance to play Utah, uh, chance to play Dixie State, and then James Madison James at Madison. home for the home opener. I mean, how cool is that? Their first time, this will be their first time ever coming, I think, west of West, at least in the mountain time zone, they've never been on the mountain or Pacific time zone. They've never been out here to play. And so that's kind of cool. And uh, that's going to be a top 10 matchup in the country that will be here for our home opener. And we hope obviously by then, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't have, you know, full capacity and everything kind of back to normal. So that's going to be a lot of fun. 
And, you know, obviously just getting back to the normal, uh, normal times of athletics, we should have a really good men's basketball schedule with a lot of good teams at home in state teams as well. And so I think I'm mostly excited just kind of have that, I guess, normal routine. There were, there were a lot of things from this last year that were kind of fun to do it a little differently. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be fun to just get back to, to, to focusing on that, not really worrying about game cancellations and testing and quarantining and all that stuff and just having fun and, and enjoying athletics. Hey, Paul, I, I had a quick question for you about uh, sports information, which really is your job and, and getting the information out there. Um, we've seen a lot of, of uh, transfers coming in and going out. Um, and as sports information director, how plugged in are you? If, if we have one of our players that's entering the transfer portal, uh, how plugged in are you on, on in, how much in advance do you get word of that? Are you getting, you know, a couple of weeks? Is it a couple of hours? How, how much time do you really yeah. have to, to respond to those kind of things? Well, I guess two things like when a player leaves, I mean, sometimes there's players that leave that I don't even know that they're leaving until I guess it hits the public like others. Um, I guess maybe if they're a key player, I'd probably be more aware of it. When we get recruits coming in, sometimes I, I'll see that their commitment, we, we obviously can't really comment on it or say anything about it until they're sure. officially signed. And so that gives you a little bit of time. Like sometimes, sometimes you'll see a, a kid announce that he's, you know, that's how it is now on social media, right? I'm, I'm, I'm committing to Weber state. And then it might be two weeks later that we actually put it out. And that doesn't mean that we've been just kind of, you know, sitting on it. It's just, you have to go through that process where it becomes official to the NCA. And so sometimes it's anticlimactic, I guess, because everybody knows that he's already committed, but um so some, I guess sometimes a little bit of preparation for that. Um, obviously signing day is the biggest one in football when it comes in December and February. And so I usually get lists of those beforehand uh, to prepare things because it's turned into obviously graphics and videos and those kinds of things are so important for, for those. Uh, but sometimes, you know, there are certainly things that, that, that I don't know, or I try to have good communication and our coaches are all really good at, at communicating those things. But um a little bit of, of just like everybody else. Sometimes I hear them just, uh, just the same way everybody else does. And, and just a couple more for me, just, just talking about you as, as a wildcat Homer, as it were. I mean, obviously uh, you're paid by the university. You've, you've got two degrees from the university. Um, so two questions related to that. Um, what is your most favorite um, athletic experience in your tenure of being the SID at Weber state. What's the one game or the one finish that stands out to you the most? I thought you might ask that. I should have been a little more prepared. That's a really good question. It's hard to really say that, that I can say there's one event or one sport, you know, my first year as the head SID was Damian Lillard's last season. And that was, I mean, that's not one game, but that was sure was a yeah. lot of fun to deal with that. And I, you know, I had been in, in the department, so I was at least familiar with, with how things went a little bit, but it was different being the head guy. And we got so many requests uh, from NBA scouts that came through. We used to hardly get any that would come through. Yeah. Occasionally you, you get a few and we still do. We still get, you know, a handful a year, but that year we got 50, 50 scout requests during the, just for home games that would come. And on the road, you know, I remember at Northern Colorado, there were 16 NBA scouts that came to that game. And North, poor Northern Colorado was not prepared to handle all those. And it was just so unique. And we started realizing 
this is a little bit different. I think this guy's going to make a, make a, yeah. make a name for himself. And so just that whole experience of dealing with him was a lot of fun. And, you know, looking back, back then we, we didn't do as much video and things like that as we do now. It just wasn't the, the way things were. I wish we had done a few more things than we, than we did, but like we maybe would do now, but, and he's, he's just been amazing to deal with. But as far as games, I mean, boy, that that's a tough one. The hail Mary, that hail Malone, you just mentioned is, is up there. That that's a pretty cool moment. The, the playoff win down at Southern Utah in 2017 was really mm-hmm. a pretty cool experience to, to mm. know that we've reached that point. Uh, even just having a playoff win the week before beating Western Illinois was cool. The comeback playoff, not a playoff, but the comeback win at, at Southern Utah the year before was, was obviously a lot of fun. Yep. Um, the Scott Bamforth buzzer beater in 2010 mm. or 2011 was, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> was, was fun. I mean, those are just fun moments that, you know, Damien, a couple of things involving him there, uh, going to the NCAA tournament, you know, in my time, we haven't, haven't had a tournament win, but we've been there. I've been, been able to go with the team for, for three times and just being there for those experiences are really cool. That that's just yeah. a fun event. So I don't know. That didn't answer your question, Sean. That was a no, lot. No, of answers, you're good. But, you're good. The, the only one so that you many. missed, the only one that, that you missed that I thought you might've mentioned was the night the lights went out at Stewart stadium. Uh, yes. when we're on the, on the goal line, I think we were in overtime or just yeah. before overtime. I forget where that was and, and trying to get that win and, and the lights just all go out, just crash. And that, that's a memorable one. For that's me. a good one. September 11th, 2010. Yeah. So I was actually doing marketing that year and I was kind of involved as right before I took over as SID. And so I, I was involved in the marketing side and, uh, I was sitting up in the booth. Actually, Dan, Dan Roberts, who's the the PA voice for the Jazz, called, did the game for us that game. Uh-huh. It wasn't Dave Baggett at, at that night, but uh, but I'll take credit for it. When the lights went out, I played. The lights went out in the city by Journey. I, I played that over the speakers. So <laughs> I remember that. One yes. claim to fame. Yes, I decided that great. let's play that. But that was a very unique game because it was the first event with our new new lights there <laughs> find out that, that weren't nuts. they on a timer in Iowa or something like that? that yeah. So they were, like and we were going to have fireworks that night. And so well, yeah, people, and the lights, people, the lights went out and the fireworks yeah, started going fireworks off, started, but it was just set to go off at like 10 o'clock, which they probably should have been set for much later than that. But the game started at six and we thought we'll be done by 10 and yeah. it was in the four overtimes and it didn't make it. So that was, that was pretty fun. I loved it. I love to play the video of that every September 11th, just for memories of those things. <laughs> the, the last question for me, Paul, and, and this is, this, this is going to get to the heart of, of things for you. Um, you. We know you're a Wildcat fan, right? You know, through and through how high do you get for wins and how disappointed do you get for losses? When we look at as a fan and an SID, and I know you've got to keep emotion out because this is your job, but as a fan, how disappointed do you get when we have disappointing results in softball, basketball, uh, football this year? Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot where expectations did not meet reality for the Wildcats this year. And how, how much, what does it take for yeah. you to get over a loss like that? That's a really good question. And I, I hope when I say this, it doesn't sound bad, but in a way, my job kind of takes a little bit of the fandom out of it, I guess, because I really try not to get too high or too low. Obviously sure, I want us to sure. win. It's a lot more fun if we win and we do a whole lot more things if we win, but because it's, it's really a job and we have to still be professional win or lose. And we, we handle things that way. I guess it's not maybe as much as people would think. I don't get as as high or as low as 
as as maybe some some fans might. Um, it's a bummer, you know, when you lose games and especially when you're working hard and you you have some ideas and hopes and stuff and and then things don't happen. But 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 like I said, I I, I guess it, it's just a little bit different in the press box or on press row. We're not there cheering. We're not yelling. We're just kind of making sure things go. I mean, when when the Hail Mary happened, you know, everybody else is kind of going crazy. I'm trying to make sure, hey, let's make sure we got the video of that. We got to we got to tweet that out. We got to put sports hashtag SC top 10. We got to make sure the stats are right. And so it's like, okay, that was awesome. But we got to make sure that this is right, because this is an opportunity to take advantage of things like that that you can't plan for. So. I guess, I I don't know, maybe, maybe I hope that that sounds okay. When I say that as an answer again, obviously I'm a fan. I want us to succeed, but, but it's a little bit different approach than maybe, you know, most fans would have, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, Paul, you know, you're kind of in it, you got a lot to do right after that wraps up. And so there's a lot of mechanical things that need to happen and uh, you know, you can't dwell on it for too long. Cause there's a totally win or lose, win or win or lose. We got to go do interviews. We got to take care of all that stuff. We got to do the post game things that obviously are a lot more fun when you win, but, but you gotta, you gotta handle them either way. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little different than I think people understand. We've had some people that have just, you know, come down to, to watch a game on press row or, or whatever it is. And they, they're just not used to it. You're not used to yelling or cheering and stuff. It's just a little bit different approach to, to the games, but I, I just love having the opportunity to, to see the student athlete success and, and to see the cool things that they do. And, and th- that's, that's one of the things I love about it, but it is a little bit different uh, from a fan, but I hope that doesn't come across that. I'm not, you know, I don't want us to win because obviously I do. So always, uh, Paul, I wanted to wrap this interview up, but really appreciate your time for chatting with us, kind of you know, giving us a peek behind the curtain about how things work and especially this unprecedented year in this last year, crazy uh, pressure on you folks. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to just talk a little bit about some of the things that you're all doing. Uh, of course, uh, Cattails podcast, where folks have the opportunity to hear straight from you and straight from AD Tim Crompton and others about what's going on, uh, other properties, other things out there you want to shout out before we wrap this one up. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I, I appreciate what you guys have done this year and working with us and working with, uh, with our teams and promoting us. And, and I'm excited for the opportunity to have you involved with, with a, I guess, normal year as well. So I appreciate you having me on, you know, one thing I, I just, I love the history of Weber state as well and, and the athletics history. And so it's just fun to be involved with the number of, of former athletes that we've had. Uh, we're not going to have one this year, but we've had some alumni games in the past that, that are so much fun. And so, you know, as far as uh, things like that, I think trying to tell some of those stories a little bit, we're going to work on our hall of fame that will be coming out, you know, later, later this fall, hopefully we'll have our hall of fame. We weren't able to have it this last year. Uh, We'll actually have one class, hopefully this fall and probably another one in maybe in February of next year. But so trying to work on some of those things, uh, you know, obviously constantly looking ahead to future things, football scheduling and all those kind of things are always fun. We can have a whole other talk about, about that. Mm. I'm sure someday, but mm. there, there's a lot of things. And again, as we, as we hope to get back to normal years, obviously we're going to be focusing on ticket sales and trying to get people to games, uh, especially those that, that maybe didn't have a chance to come last year and coming back. And, uh, so that's going to be a big focus this summer of, of trying to, promote uh, and advertise uh, to the community of, of getting people in to, to come back to the Wildcats and, and cheer us on the, the success that we've had. We've had a great, great year for so many teams. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I have no problem shilling for you folks right now, former development director in the development office at Weber state. 
And uh, so folks, if you have the opportunity and you're excited about what's going to happen in the fall, be sure to get online and get your season tickets for whatever that may be. You know, there'll be an opportunity. We've talked a lot about the advantage that the Swenson gym is. You have the opportunity to get back in the Swenson this fall. Uh, you want to, you want to be a part of what, what's going to happen in Stewart stadium with the football program season tickets available for those things coming up soon. So watch your emails. And if you're not get online and get on those email lists, you know, they'll send you a text, whatever, get involved uh, because you know, like we noted at the top of the show, a lot of the facilities and things that we have are through the support of alumni and the community. And those things happen because folks give money. So give money, support the Wildcats show up. I mean, that's, uh, that's why, you know, that's part of why we started Weber state weekly to get more people involved, encouraged and happy about what's going on up on, up on campus. So Paul, anything to add to that before we wrap this one up? Good job. Good job selling there, Colby. That was great. And yeah, absolutely. We're going to try to really make a push for that home opener of James Madison. Like I mentioned that we really want to just pack the place, you know, for that game and really make that a, a game that a lot of people can come to. It'll be our first game with everybody allowed to come. And so that that's going to be a big push. Uh, you're focusing on that game as well. And in addition to season tickets, like you said, so the, the resources and the, 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 the donations that people can give to help our wonderful student athletes go a long, long way. They really do. And, and so we appreciate all the great support of you guys, as well as the wildcat faithful out there. It's, it's a great time to be a wildcat. That's for sure. Uh, we say it all the time and, you know, Dustin Chapman, not here, but he says it all the time. This is the golden age of wildcat athletics folks. So get involved. Paul Grua, sports information director, of Weber state uh, athletics. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here on Weber state weekly. Really appreciate you, man. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Anytime. Well, I'm happy to do it. All right. So we'll wrap this one up like we usually do, folks. And I'll throw it over to Sean Lewis, Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. (laughs) Good luck.